Hello and welcome to The Court Jester, the podcast that brings you one saucy medieval tale after another. I am Cleopathenu, medievalist and storyteller, and today I am not giving you a naughty medieval story, but I am still giving you a content warning. A few weeks ago, I was invited by Eleanor and Luke, the amazing hosts of the podcast. We are not so different, and we had a chat about Fablio, medieval things, and comedy, old and new. I am giving you this interview today, and I'm hoping that it will answer some of your questions. And if you have more, you know where to find me. In the show notes, there are links to social media and to the Patreon page of the podcast, so you can have different avenues to send me your questions, your requests, and all the things that are in your mind, medieval, comic, or both. So without further ado, and with only one content warning, let's go. And here's the warning. There are swear words and inappropriate themes in this episode. Use of headphones is strongly advised. Does it tell you it's recording? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, this is this is the thing is that you start putting Fabio with video. Next thing, it's feet pit fix. Mm-hmm. Next thing, it's it's OnlyFans. That's the slippery slope. A medieval, yeah. A medieval OnlyFans, like <laughs> I don't know anything about the OnlyFans um, community, uh, marketing or community or anything like that. But I gotta feel like there is a uh, there is a. Um, a market for like people who are like yes i want to see like you know okay so if the <laughs> thing that i know for all the time like when i'm like googling around to try to get um manuscript images to like you know illustrate mm-hmm. blog posts about medieval sex um what i've learned is you really have to put manuscript in because if you're just like medieval sex it's just like <laughs> Uh-huh. that's what it is yeah yeah that's what happens is it's just like medieval yes. only fan like a medieval themed only fans is and i'm always like you call that a milkmaid outfit mm, no way mm-mm. Mm-mm. that's that's, that's early modern at best. there there <laughs> is a there is a niche market for a historically accurate medieval only fa- you know like a, like you know <laughs> you're like uh you know all right, no. you know we're gonna fuck. We're gonna we're gonna fuck quietly while the kids are asleep. Next, we're gonna fuck in a field. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's just it. how it is. That's like, yeah. it. That's it. That's like bang. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was about to be like, you know, that's that's where you know my career is inevitably heading one day, and then I was like, no, never mind, because you're right. <laughs> that's that's what you can is. still do it, but like you know, when you do the field thing, you just be like, uh. Oh, Oops, uh, you know, oh. this was uh this was AstroTurf. <laughs> Oops. Oh well, please don't please don't get oh, me in yeah. trouble. Yeah. Oh. All right, yeah. okay. So are we... that the fields were very much more like the um, um I'm going on a holiday type of situation because you're not in a room with twelve other people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just the two of you, so you know that that's the privilege. Yeah, so we have this we have, we have a phrase in um uh in like british english that is very specifically it's called a dirty weekend it's like when you went <laughs> and it's like if you go away as a couple and it's like you know like the implication being like you're about to have a bunch of sex but it's like just the accepted thing that if you go away for a weekend or a long weekend it's a dirty it's a dirty weekend 
And I find it so interesting, like to my originally North American sensibilities, because I'm like, you're not supposed to say it. (laughs) It's like, like, it still makes me be like, you know, get all, you know, shocked every time. (laughs) A dirty. Even me. Yeah, I just think it's awesome. It's really on the nose. It's really, you know, when, you know, like when Marge and Homer went to the inn. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a dirty. Mr. and Mrs. Erotic American. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know, like I, I hate that every single thing in my life is just a Simpsons reference, but it is. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it, and that has know, a lot to do with uh, medieval comedy. <laughs> true. Hello, and welcome back to We're Not So Different, a podcast about how we've always been idiots. My name is Luke, and as always, I'm an amateurish historian. I fucked it up every single fucking time. How do you do that? We're like that was perfect. What are you talking time. about? No, no. So this is the anti-Luke. It's fine. Club. Stop it's it. It's fine. It's Boo. fine. Hello. I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Eleanor Yaniga, who uh, is a uh, medievalist and also my personal uh, hype man. That's right. <laughs> Today, uh, we have an interview. And that means, uh, you know, we don't have a question uh, from one of our patrons today, but we will be back with one next time. Today, uh, we're actually going to be talking about uh, Fablio and medieval comedy, which isn't really something I know much about, except that Fablio are, you know, kind of body comic stories uh, that became popular in France during the high and late Middle Ages. Luckily for all involved, I don't have to do much talking today because we have a guest who can help school me and probably most of you on the subject of Fablio. (laughs) So I'm going to introduce our amazing guest and then shut the hell up so she and Eleanor can get down to some real medievalist chat about these sexy tales. Her name is Cleo Pintenu, uh, and she's a medievalist, (laughs) artist, art historian, storyteller, and musician. Hey, yeah, woo, who is currently a doctoral candidate in late medieval manuscript illumination at the University of Edinburgh. She has a podcast called The Court Jester, where she performs and discusses various uh, medieval humor stories, uh, gives public performances of astounding medieval tales, and makes her own mead, uh, which is really cool. (laughs) Cleo, welcome to the show. How the hell are you? I am very much humbled by this introduction, and I have to (laughs) qualify this. I have tried and failed to make my own mead several times oh. so <laughs> you'll get it you'll get it one time i but promise i, I never it. learn eh? I, I keep trying <laughs> okay so i'm really impressed by it anyway and also this is an important cautionary tale for me someone who keeps being like i could make mead but <laughs> yeah, so apparently apparently i can't so that's good to know because i can't doesn't mean that you can wow. it just means that i can't I mean, uh, one of my, one of my mates uh, for my birthday got me this uh, really nice bottle of like the the high alcohol mead. Mm-hmm. But now I'm having like the problem that I have, which is if someone gives me something really nice, I'm not allowed to use it in my head. <laughs> you know, like if if I if someone gives me like a really nice bottle of something, I'm like, oh well, you can never drink it. 
that's for looking at now. Yeah. So it's like I'm having this problem with the with the fancy mead. You just got to drink it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I so I suppose what what we are going to do before I start asking you questions, though, Cleo, is we're going to be officially the uh, first podcast to congratulate you on passing your Viva. <laughs> Thank you. Th- this girl is almost a doctor. Congratulations. Um, we need to wait for that email. We're going to wait for that email, but the vibe has passed. So mm-hmm. all this other stuff is paperwork. So mm-hmm. almost, almost brackets, Dr. Cleo. Well done. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. Thank you. Okay. So look, Cleo, let me start you out with a question that is so big that oh. I could just ask you this once and then we could argue all night, which is okay. So when, when we say, you know, what's medieval humor? I mean, oh, that's what you work on, is it? That's what you work on. Explain yourself, young lady. Oh, I, that's that? my viva all over again. <laughs> uh, yeah, but what if it was fun this time? What if? It was fun the first time. People were laughing with me, at me. Um, <laughs> so, um, for the purposes of my research. Mm. So yeah, let's keep it very academic. No. no. Um, what do we mean when we say medieval humor? Well, yeah. humor is something, some some type of ma- message that will make some type of audience or recipient of that message laugh. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. that that's how I understand it, and this is how I discuss it. Like mm-hmm. there's a message of some type, be it a story, something that you see, something that you read, some type of message that reaches you or a group of you. And the intention of that message is to make you laugh, and you laugh. Okay. If you don't laugh, then it's a humor that just didn't work. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. And that—that that is what makes it a very complicated discussion from this point on, because um, by that definition, you see that you have—you you need a message, and you need an audience, and ultimately, mm. whether this is successful or not, heavily depends on the audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Audiences change, so humor changes, and mm-hmm. then we go to places where I perform the fablio, and I need three minutes of content warnings. Oh my god! <laughs> well, okay. Well, not on this show, you don't like because uh, they're blind. No. So, okay, or right, okay. So, like talking about fablio. Okay, right. So, like, uh, what 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 would we say a fablio is then? So it's like humor is anything that makes you laugh. Within that, what's a fablio? Um, so the fablio are a specific genre of mm. stories, okay? So they're, and I shouldn't even call them stories, but they are narratives, so they're stories. But okay. they're written in verse, so technically they're poems. Oh, okay. They're not exactly written either, because we understand that they were oral tradition until the point that they were written down. Mm. Okay, so like you only get the bangers. It's like only like the ones that are, <laughs> you know, I mean, big. We, ha- we have surviving ones we have like a 160 ish of them there some of them are very similar to others but that's roughly the number mm-hmm. uh that that has been written down um presumably there were more of them like who knows mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um it's very evident when you read them from you know from elements of morality within the poems and the fact that they're in rhyme as well because you it's easier to remember something if you keep repeating it like music you know it has a rhythm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so the idea behind the fablio is that they were not meant to be read they were meant to be listened to someone was telling them right okay 
someone was performing them. Um, I, I mean, I don't imagine anyone reading from anything in the 12th century. Oh, yeah. There yeah, must yeah. have been a performer somewhere that uh, maybe universities, yes, but yeah, not, not the Fablio anyway. Someone was acting it out for an audience. So this is kind of like the equivalent of writing down there once was a man from Nantucket, but like <laughs> more Suppose, like yeah, or, or writing know, down like... a stand-up comedy act or something like that. Okay, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like we probably get well. That's a really interesting one, right? Because it's like part of me is like, well, I guess that you know these are probably the most famous things, but it also might just be like whatever the scribe thinks is funny. Because if the scribe is like, oh, yeah, that's a banger. Like, this, uh, like this is where we're doing it. Like, in, in theory, they could just go for it, I mean, right? Which, which story survived? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm guessing, yes, yeah, the popular ones. Yeah. 160 of popular stories. It's still a lot of stories. That's a lot of stories, right? Like, that's a mega mix. That's what Yeah, it's pretty like. much. It would kind of be funny if it was, if they weren't the 160 most popular ones it was just the 160 <laughs> that like two people kind of liked and wrote down yeah. and there are like 800 more that are just like awesome but the the people who wrote them down were like, eh, you know what I it's like, like it, that shit like what if it was like uh, the equivalent of where you're kind of like trying to create a contrarian mega mix you know where you're like no i can't have like the obvious choices i'm going for like yeah. the b-sides just to like prove that i really yeah like i'm going for like the deep cuts of fablio to to prove that i really know what's up right well i mean we have uh, most of them are anonymous and we have the names of two or three um people mm. who, who we know by name wrote a couple of them um mm. but the rest of them were not assigned to any particular person mm-hmm. so Whoever wrote them made the choices, I suppose, but the the transcription of them must be fairly close to the original for reasons that have to do with rhyme, basically. Mm. Oh, okay. Because yeah, if yeah, it, yeah. yeah, if 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 it's a poem, then you write it down. Okay. All right. So, next question. So, you know, Fabio, I'm sure that mm-hmm. our our clever listeners are going to be like, "Is that like a fable?" And the answer is no. I mean, obviously. I mean, and. It, so, but like, what's the difference between a fable and a fablio? Is it just that like this fablio have a bunch of sex in it, or and it rhymes, or is it like what's the difference? Oh, that, that's I mean, that's a very it's not a very straight line from one to the other. Okay. Um, right. When we say fables, we may may think of Aesop's fables or mm-hmm, classical mm-hmm. fables or, or fairy tales. Even I mean, there is a linguistic connection mm-hmm, between mm-hmm. the two, evidently. But um, I think the connection um, is more relevant to the fact that they're stories than to the subject matter right okay. um then i mean there has been a suggestion that there is the didacticism in the fablio that they're supposed to give you a message and a lot of them end with a message but the message is so many times more fun in itself of the same type that it's basically a parody of parodies oh okay right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like um don't get cuckolded i guess <laughs> don't trust women no matter what you do because if you do the devil will take you i mean yeah there, okay. there is one of those that i uh one of those that were the, the very early ones in the podcast uh that basically describes how are we allowed to swear yeah absolutely. oh yeah of course <laughs> how god created man and woman and created the woman without a cunt so the devil <laughs> went there and told god you forgot something now she's useless what is he gonna do with her if she doesn't have anything there 
you know, <laughs> and that God gave the devil permission to give women the first woman can't so that devil tried different instruments um and decided that the most adequate instrument to create a cunt was a spade okay so he created the cunt with the spade and then as he left he squatted in front of the woman's face the first woman's face and farted on her tongue and this story has <laughs> a moral ending because this is why you should never trust what women say. They speak with the farts of the devil sisters. <laughs> See, Come there is on. a message. It's it, it's intended it's intending to teach you something, but oh, I, I, I'm not entirely wow. sure I'm what that something so much. is. I'm learning a, so much. It brings new light to uh, you know the saying "call a spade a spade." Just mm. <laughs> and. <laughs> Well, I for one am enlightened. <laughs> okay, no, but what this is what I love about medieval humor is that I always end up laughing, but kind of like in a haha dude, what the fuck way. Yeah, <laughs> very accurate. Yes, where you're like, where you're like, bro, I sure, you know, and and I think it, it's always quite funny. You know, I'm, I'm always going on about this. Like, all you got to do is like read some Chaucer, and these people are. You know, it's like it's like jokes that fourteen-year-old boys would make, but they're like, oh, the kitty, SP. we got a kitty. Yeah, this is yes, we have a cat. Hey, oh, hello, kitty. Oh, he, brilliant. He does not like not being the center of attention. Yeah, cabbage mm -hmm. gets angry and leaves the room. So you know, it's it's like a thing. Um, okay, so we we got these fourteen-year-old boy type humor. We're doing these family. So where do you, so family of the, but that like means something, right? So it's this narrative thing. It's this uh, humor thing. So where, where do these originate? Where are we going to find our good we, friends? Right. You can only find them for a limited period of time from the 12th century until the early things um, in the North and Northwest regions of France. So okay. it's very localized. And mm -hmm. also very time specific. They don't go more for than a couple of centuries in in existence. Right. Are you going to leave me do this, cat? No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. He's like, I've heard this all before. I'm an expert. <laughs> I'm back. They can probably meow you my thesis. So okay, this is where we know people are are writing it down. But you know, in England and stuff, we've got plenty of French speakers. So, like, no one comes up and is all like, "Hey, Norman France, guess what?" Bada bing, bada boom. I know you're French speakers. You like that. Or it's just like, they're so highfalutin. It's like, this is a regional specialty. It's like champagne. But it doesn't travel. You know, like. So, I mean, because of when it was written, you can find it throughout Europe afterwards because they're quite catchy. So you can find mm -hmm. some of the Fabliaux in Boccaccio. You can find them in Chaucer. You can find them in other places afterwards. So they circulated. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. But the start is in the north of France. This is where they begin. This I mean, hot. where we have traced them, basically. We haven't really reliably traced them okay. um, earlier. So when they first were rediscovered, because you can imagine that this was not generally perceived as very high literature in the 17th and 18th century. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. people kind of tried to forget they existed. <laughs> and then they were rediscovered and they then people tried to forget they existed again because they are just too nasty. 
mm-hmm, and they don't mm-hmm. serve any purpose that fits anyone's political <laughs> agenda. So, um, so they didn't make it into, um, well, official places until um, sometime in the, in the 1800s where people tried to trace the origin of these stories somewhere in India or like in the Far East, but that didn't go anywhere. Mm. Um, then they tried to trace it to Arab countries. That didn't go, didn't go anywhere either. And then, I mean, now we have only re- reliably traced them to France and that's where they come from and that's it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm, see, this, this is very, very funny to me because so you've hit on this this particular thing that I think is quite interesting, which is, you know, how we learn about a lot of things historically is like, well, what political use are they? Right. You know, so, uh-huh. like the, the, you know, like the, the, the historiography of stuff, which is that people find things and they're like, oh, yeah, I want to dig out this out and talk about it because it's going to prove my political point. Right. Mm-hmm. And for a really long time, the way that the Middle Ages gets used in the historiography, and I mean, like even in the 19th century, right, is like, oh, like we must return with a V. Oh, they were so much more religious. They were like more pure. You know, everyone was just like milking a cow and then going to church and they loved life and their family and they didn't, you know, rebel against their lords. And then it's like, here, you're like, here you go. Here's the story about how the devil made a cunt with a spade. <laughs> You and like that's that. Not even the worst. Yeah, that, that that's the thing. Uh, these stories cannot be used to create any sort of identity, yeah. um, or 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 push an agenda. It's basically all of them are transgressive. All of them, and the mm-hmm. point of them is to be that. Yeah. So they were. I mean, they were scandalous back then. It, the, the, it's not. They're not passed as something that's not supposed to scandalize. They're enjoying the fact that they're so incredibly naughty. That, that, that's what they like about themselves okay so you know the, the point is the scandal like the point is to be like the dirtiest that you could possibly be the worst that you could be so where are we so where do you okay it's an oral tradition where i guess is my next question where do you hear this like you know is this like oh, down... where does it get performed yeah like is it down the pub are we in the courtroom like are we like just in, like, because I can't imagine you being like, "Hey, mom, get a load of this one," oh, you know. Well, but maybe, maybe well, actually, people. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. We did think at first um, that the, the because of this again because of the subject matter, matter people tended to throw the fablio into the low, um, lower classes, the less educated, the well, the vulgar people that were poor and. Well, basically, are the people of the stories themselves, you know, peasants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like you could hear a fablio anywhere. You nice. could hear it in the castle, in the presence of the king. You could hear it in the marketplace. You could hear it in the pub. You could hear it anywhere, as long as there's someone to say it. And probably with a hat somewhere to collect, you know, donations from. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the audience. Well, and see, I, I think that that's really an important point because i'm i'm always saying this like oh you'd be surprised by like how toilet humor medieval people are but even i was like wait am i wrong about this in that moment being like this is this strictly like you know tavern you know you know there's this some kind of like modern part of me that wants to pull back and be like oh i don't maybe i got this wrong oh you know kind of deal right like (laughs) maybe this is just like i mean like really the spade cunt story <laughs> you know, it's, it's not still... just toilet humor all of it's ve- it 
very, very physical, all of it. If it's not toilet humor, then it's someone who likes his food and his drink too much. He's usually mm -hmm. when it's food and drink, or if it's or it's a woman or a priest that like cannot control their sexual urges. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, but everything is physical though. Okay. Mm. You're, yeah. you're either hungry or horny or <laughs> I don't know, somehow you have some sort of explosive diarrhea and make an absolute mess everywhere. Or just like me for real. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Look, everybody loves stories about shitting out your doo-doo ass. Like, okay, it's all, okay, like yeah. you know, for, right. throughout history, people have... <laughs> okay, so literally on the way back uh, to the flat... Um, I went to have, a, a, you know, some beers, as is my want. Um, and uh, we went to stop in at the uh, at the Billa on the way to get some snacks. And then I pointed out to Justin and started laughing very hard. There was an energy drink that was called, I'm, and I'm, I'm serious, it's called like a Charter uh, Bomb. <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, ha ha. And he was like, no, I don't understand what that is. And I was like charter bomb and i was like you know like shart <laughs> and he's like I no I... And yeah okay so this is in uh, americanism which is the idea of when uh you go to fart but follow through okay yes uh, yeah okay, with you. And so, <laughs> so you can understand why i thought shorter bomb yeah, yeah, was yeah. a funny thing to say and uh then justin was heard to remark to me um i am not going to participate in this discourse <laughs> What? And and I was like, that's not fair. That's absolutely that not fair. Things I'll have you know. This this joke would have worked perfectly well in the Middle Ages, right? I'm just yeah. I am I'm just highfalutin, actually. <laughs> that's what just... was happening there. You know, I was just trying to make a perfectly good shit not your dude ass joke. Exactly. And getting I... shut down. You know? Cleo, I did have a question uh, because I did uh, at least look up what uh, Fableo was before we did this. Um, and I noticed that there was like a thing that like there was a lot of bacon in it. Like, is is that oh, like damn, a, they like, are just like me common, for real? Because you, you mentioned the food earlier and that like kind of like fired my head because I looked at it and it's like, you know, I saw this line that said like bacon is the most common food in there. And I like, and I just thought that was kind of interesting there. Like everybody's just like, yeah, bacon's cool. Anyway, here's this uh, story about a guy shitting too much. <laughs> yeah. so there, is and... a, there is a lot of food in general. There's a lot mm -hmm. of, a lot of ham, uh, which is, I'm assuming what they meant, meant by bacon. Uh, okay. um, there's also, I mean, all, all types of really tasty stuff that you can eat. Um, mm -hmm. There's a particular one um, that made an impression to me because it's not very usual in my life. But someone got punished. I mean, he someone got punished by their bishop, and the bishop, as punishment, forbade him to eat goose. Oh. <laughs> That's Which, rough. Like makes you think: How often were you eating goose anyway? Like, yeah, dude. Like... <laughs> and like, oh no, not goose! Oh my god! No, no, no. He was he was devastated. So you went back to the mistress and said, you know what happened? This is what he did. He told me never to eat goose again. I said, well, fine. But he didn't tell you not to eat gander, which is a male goose. So we'll come back now. Okay, but you guys are really, you're really invested in your birds there. But there's always, <laughs> like, there's a lot of different foods. And usually when there's... um. When, when food is a butt of the joke, there's a lot of it and a variety mm -hmm. of it. And it's mm -hmm. 
like I don't know, it could be Christmas and it's a feast, or it could be someone's visiting and they go overboard and they have cookies and cream and I don't know the equivalent of of whatever yeah. you can think of. But yes, there's yeah. a lot of ham as well. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I will. Um, That's very. Have to write. I'll have to write the Wikipedia people and tell them that this bacon thing. They need to cut that shit out. It's actually come. ham. It's ham. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, cool. Yeah, that's all I had about that. I, you just mentioned the food, and I was like, yes. And everybody loves like hearing about food. Like every, you know, like you, you get like a story, you get like a nice little story, and everyone, and you you talk about the sex, and then you're also like, and then they had like oh, this entire spread, and you're like. Yeah, man, I really want some like, uh, you know, a trencher of bread to dip in this stew, like so fucking bad. Like that's all I want. Like, yeah. have you ever seen Hieronymus Bosch's painting, "The Land of Cocaine"? Like, like cocaine used to be this um, an idea of a fantasy island where like everything is food. Like so, mm. like the you know the you know the we we get the term cocaine now from being like oh well, everything you know oh yeah the the mystical fantasy place mm-hmm. and it's like this Romanish Bosch painting where people are just like passed out because they're like eating ham that just like walks up to them with a knife and there's like a little <laughs> soft boiled egg that already has a spoon in it with like little feet and they're just like <laughs> serving and, itself yeah, yeah yeah serving itself and they're all and they're like rolling around on the floor just blissed out. <laughs> The best meats in the rump. The, yeah, the ham's exactly. walking up to you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, what if the ham walked up to you? And it's like, so it, <laughs> yeah. and it's meant, and it's meant to be, you know, fu- and it is funny, but it's also kind of like, oh, uh, like, don't get too blissed out on ham. <laughs> you know, kind of deal, mm-hmm. you know, which we've Ooh. all been there. We've I've eaten too there. much ham <laughs> yeah, during the holidays. It's happened. You know, you're just mm-hmm. like, well, mm-hmm. no, no more ham for a little while. Got the ham sweats. <laughs> that's a real thing. It's a, thing it's a real thing yeah <laughs> okay the, so the most infamous ones about eating are the priests basically and mostly because they i mean if you think about it they were the ones that should be more reserved in general mm-hmm. and they're oh. the ones that are supposed to be observing fasting as well and not eat on certain days and blah 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 mm-hmm. and usually what you what you will have is a priest that is none of these things oh get their asses get them got them <laughs> nailed to the wall you yep. know well, I mean, that's effective satire, though, right? It's like going yes. after people with power. Mm-hmm. So um, there is that. And it's actually not even subtle. I mean, characters inside the, the stories actually have a go at priests on occasion to say, like, you're the guys that go around and forbid everyone from having any fun. Yeah, mm. get their ass. And now here you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've they've taken it past the realm of satire and it's just like no this is just blank social commentary about how yeah. these guys kind of suck don't you know that priest in your town you hate or your cousin's priest in the other town that he hates yeah, yeah those guys suck it's always <laughs> yeah. it's the equivalent of you, you don't know them they go to another school because they're always <laughs> from a nearby village you know <laughs> Oh man! There is a great. village very far away from here. You don't know where they are. It's really far away. You haven't heard of it. But they <laughs> yeah, have a yeah, priest, yeah. and this is where he did. Not our yeah, priest. Yeah. You're cool, Jerry. Not not yeah. our. You're priest. fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, like, we three love villages. him. Yeah, but it was one of these other priests. Oh mm, yeah, right. Oh, that yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, am I right? <laughs> and the Jerry's exception like that pulling, proves the rule. <laughs> Jerry's pulling his collar. He's like. Ugh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck okay, you, Jerry. Like, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. I don't, but I love that too because this is a, another really interesting thing because it kind of shows why we don't 
oftentimes get to hear about Fablio because, you know, again, it serves our purposes to ignore stuff like this, right? It serves our purposes um, a lot of the time to be like, oh, yeah, and everyone was very beholden to the church. Everyone, you know, they just did whatever the priest says and all this stuff. And they all, and it's like, and these guys are like, and then I said, fuck Jerry, not my priest Jerry, fuck Jerry three <laughs> towns over. And, you know, and, and it's, you, you know, it's... It, <laughs> We're making it sound more improv than than the stories, but at the same time, these stories were the one. First of all, they're they're the ones that arrived to us, so we don't mm-hmm. know that improv of this type wasn't happening anyway. Right, um, right, right, right. Two, we only know these that survived. We don't know that there weren't any others. And three, when it comes to church and church going in the Middle Ages, it was a very social, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. endeavor, mm-hmm. right? And um, uh, priests, when they were doing sermons, they were not using fablio, naturally not. They were mm-hmm. using humor, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. So yeah. They were True. trying to make it entertaining as well. So I don't know. It's a segue into something really nasty, and I'm not suggesting exactly that. Okay, so like, I guess this brings me on to my next question, which is like. Well, who's performing these? Like when we so you know, priests can do humor too. You know, like everyone's. I think you know anyone who's ever been to any form of like Christian sermon, you know, is familiar with like the priest joke. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always some priest joke in there, but and then like that's up the safe end of things. But so who's performing the outrageous stuff? Like, is this troubadours? Is it just like some guy? Like, what's what's going on here? Um. So the short answer is I couldn't tell you with certainty, um, mm-hmm. but but because they weren't, I mean, I wouldn't. Any type of performer is is my answer to this. Any type of performer right. who knows how to say them, the, the, who te- to tell them, would tell them. Okay. Um, would be very intriguing if we knew anything about them being told over music or accompanied by music because they are in rhyme. Mm. So that would be absolutely awesome. But we don't know anything about that either. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd say anyone who performs for an audience and can't remember a Fabio would probably do it for a buck. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, and that's interesting too, because it's like there isn't this kind of like sorting into higher or lower, low humor. You know, you might be like, anyway, here's the spade cunt story. And anyway, here's Wonderwall, you know, <laughs> like just, <laughs> you know, one after the other, just like take a break you know yeah. I mean, we have we have names of some of them and um i since we know their names and they were written down by people by name and mm-hmm. they claim authorship of these okay. things and at least we know that someone taught them wrote them and presumably also performed them because it doesn't feel like the kind of thing that you write and give to someone without yeah. doing it yourself you know mm. you also do it and then someone else might hear it and do it again mm-hmm. but for all the other things that we don't have a name for it perfect it makes perfect sense because most of them are really short as well yeah mm. oh okay yeah yeah so it is so very they're like three to three four minutes so yeah Interesting. close so not so far off once was a man from nantucket but you know <laughs> <laughs> okay all right okay so i i guess then to what we you've already hit on a couple of these so it's like the priest's eaten um you know like something about you're gonna go to hell like what what are the big kind of tropes like what are some fabio tropes that we get okay 
Ah, so the staples, mm-hmm. the husband and wife, and who's the boss in the household? Okay. Um, and basically, who who wins in the power struggle between husband and wife? Because there's a permanent power struggle there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> then you have the cuckolded husband, usually because his wife is sleeping with someone else. Very often, a priest. Nice. Uh, and they get some really nasty punishments when they when they get caught. Um, then you have, um, well, you have any sort of every any sort of situation that will require a very quick wit to get out of. Um, you have, well, you have priests that do all the wrong things. You have women that like sex a bit too much, and then are very, very smart, so they managed to get away mm. with whatever it is that they did. Um, you have some fairy stories that um, have magic items or magic abilities or like um, some sort of weird gifts. For example, there is a mm. ring that gives you a permanent erection. Mm. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And by chance, it was found by a bishop. Mm. Who found himself in a, in a very uncomfortable situation afterwards because <laughs> he didn't know how to make it stop? Oh, <laughs> I love it. Okay, yes. Oh yes. man, a literal cock ring. There you it's go. It's a cock ring. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. You have all sorts of parodying of whatever chivalric stereotype you can imagine. You have mm-hmm. the knight who goes in the forest and you know he wants to help the ladies that are there, and the ladies are evidently fairy, so they give him the gift of speaking to cunts. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, and, and the cunts reply to him with like with words, with human words. And so, yes, th- this goes places very quickly. But you have all the courtly st- stereotypes of the established high literature that get thrown in the gutter. You have mm-hmm. social satire of any type. You don't find satire against kings. Interesting. Okay. You don't find satire against very high members of the clergy. Hmm. But um, the lower and medium social strata of the social hierarchy, they are completely destroyed. So yeah. that that's interesting. I mean, I guess I'm imagining that the reason why you're not allowed to do it about, you know, the Pope and the King writ large is like well too much in the face yeah you Mm -hmm. like who are you and you'll get in trouble right yeah it's the kind of thing that gets you your head on a spike wow yeah they do well i mean they had like a self-imposed censorship regime so Mm -hmm. nothing bad so like nothing bad happened to them they were like look i don't have jester's privilege so i can't say that (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. exactly yet my lord, my lord, I've got this other one about Jerry the priest. What about now? The archbishop? I mean, no, he's off limits. Jerry? Fuck you. Fuck Jerry. But there is a, another guy, three cities down. Yeah, just, whoa. I'll tell you what, not you, king. I'm talking about the king of Frisia. He, yeah. He, he goes to another school. No, you yeah. wouldn't talk about kings, though, uh, but it, it's... Uh, that's also the very fascinating thing about the Fablio, that they're, in many ways, possibly without even intending to, because they just inspire, like, take inspiration from whatever happens around them. So mm-hmm. they don't mm-hmm. intend to be a mirror of lives in the cities, 
what they do end up reflecting exactly how a life in the city in the 12th, 13th, 14th century was because those characters oh. there, I mean, it's it's drawn to absurdity and it's exaggerated as much as it can be. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you take out the exaggeration and the very obvious absurdity, mm-hmm. what remains is a very interesting mirror on, on everyday life, which is something we don't really have much info on. Yeah. Because no one really wrote about it. That's a really good point. So, like, are there any, have you got any favorite little glimpses that you found in the background there? Oh, I'll, I'll have to think about that. Yeah, sorry. That's a, that's one to spring on you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to think about that because it's it's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, so, now I know, I think I know, like, one Fabio character. And I think this is a Fabio, correct me if I'm wrong. But are there like any record there's like Reynard the Fox, right? Like I think I've written I've I've read some like Reynard stories. And like Reynard is always doing that thing of like getting into a scrape. He gets into a scrape and then he like gets out quickly. And it's like some of them the punchline is like, and then he raped Mr. Wolf's wife. Ha ha. Ha so <laughs> and you're like, oh that's ha. I mean it, it yeah, this is okay. Um the the stories, the epic, I don't know, the stories, the epic, call it what you want, of Reynard the Fox is mm. a different um, different thing altogether. It doesn't... See, it doesn't I don't know get, what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's why I got you, you on. You don't know what you're talking about because it's relevant, but it's not the same thing. So yeah. uh, the stories of Reynard the, Reynard the Fox, they call it also the Reynard epic um, because it's a collection of stories um, and the protagonists are not human. Mm-hmm. They're animals. So Reynard right. is a fox, then you have Isidrin the wolf, then you have the, um, the rooster, and then you have the donkey, and then you have lion, who is the king of animals, and all of it, it it's, there is a strong element, sorry, I have to let the cat out. That's absolutely okay. fine. Cat's uh, there is out. a strong, a strong element of um, um, symbolism there, because there's symbols about, you know, each animal that come into, that also include, um, specific character traits and they end up being to an extent um personifications of virtues or vices mm-hmm. so it becomes a bit different but yes the type of humor is very much the same um and reynard is infamous for his trickery among yeah. other things so he is the archetypal trickster that will play pranks left and right and has no morality mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. find trickster characters in the fablio most of them are very flexible on their morality Nice. Mm-hmm. I'll put it this way, and this is a very diplomatic way of putting it. Um, <laughs> and, um, well, I mean, yeah, you don't get uh, easily such a blunt and then he raped someone's wife, you know, just like that. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you have um, a very flexible concept of what consent is, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's the Middle I, Ages. Yeah, it is the Middle Ages. Yeah, so yeah. They, they don't. Yeah, they don't understand what that is, and sometimes they like they will be kind and ask you, but it will be assumed that you want this thing to happen to you, and if you don't want this thing to happen to you, then you're a woman, so suck it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, li- like today, sorry, just to interrupt. I was doing. Um, I was reading uh, from the Art of Courtly Love, as is my want. And there's like this whole thing where um, 
uh, Andreas Kaplanis is talking about what you owe each other in relationships and like whether so he's got these two ways of talking about relationships it's like you can have a pure relationship which is you just do sodomy so like no penis and vagina sex or you can have a mixed relationship so that's pure love and then mixed love is when like you fuck right Mm -hmm. and then he's like oh is it oh is it acceptable say you get into a relationship because these are all extramarital and you agreed that you're only going to do pure love and then one of the other partners wants to do mixed love and you said that you weren't going to do that and he's like well you know if you were really in love if you're really in love you have to do whatever they say and then he was like but you know okay there's an exception to this which is at the beginning you both agreed that you were only going to do pure love so you know like no fucking and he's like except if the man really is still sad later and he still really wants it and then you have to do it anyway and i'm like so basically you said a lot of words right on the way to but if the guy wants to fuck you have to yeah basically the concept of blue balls is as old as time yeah and it's like you know like what if but what if he was sad but what if yeah, he, he gets sad and then you're like and it's like well that's your and, and it's specifically like okay well you shouldn't deny anything you want to the person that you're in love with and they kind of like a go it's a two-way street and then it's like um unless you both made the commitment and then if you both made the commitment it's a one-way street but only if the guy is sad so it's like, if it's like, no, we both made the commitment and the chick is like, no, come on, I really want to. And then it's like, oh, well, no, she's nasty. Right. Yeah. She like, is. Yeah. That's what women are like. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of see this everywhere, but it's like, and maybe, I don't know, maybe the art of courtly love is maybe it's supposed to be funny. Possibly. I mean, it is funny at times. Uh, but you know it's it, it's it's like that you know there's there's no kind of like real understanding of consent it's like well you're in this situation so you knew what you were getting well, into um in the fablio the women who do not consent are generally those that are are given to marriage to someone and oh, are not even asked oh right okay yeah, yeah yeah um the rest of them really like it and basically go out oh, or are very young there's this harrowing one that I, I don't know how i'm going to say it convincingly to anyone because basically the priest wants to the priest has been taking care of a widowed mother and her daughter and the daughter turns 12 and the priest decides that's a good age mm. ah. so mother how oh. much money do you want for your daughter which starts yeah exactly so so the mother has to devise an entire scheme to make it him think that this was the daughter and in the end it's not the daughter Mm. so you get a glimpse into some of these things that i mean i'm not saying that it's entirely drawn from life but i'm saying Mm. that it's not something that is unlikely to have happened right well i mean interestingly because it's like well that there you go we're not so different there's one thing that hasn't changed is the way that we talk about priests Oh, so, woo, child. Um, yeah, that's a. And, and what I find fascinating is that I think it. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it also mentions the age that she's like eleven, twelve, thereabouts, and she she just started to turn woman, and the priest was, oh, she's young and fresh. Uh... Oh God. I mean, like at least the point. At least they're playing it for laughs, right? Like at least they're saying, okay, yeah, like this is a bit young and the mom is like i mean for me what saves it is that the mom listens to this and she says no 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 yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. not gonna happen because you have 
you have 15 year olds that are horny and run in the fields and just find a guy and just go fuck the guy yeah 15 year old chicks man yeah, yeah but you know it's not 12 it's 15 yeah she yeah. ran away and she went looking for it and it's yeah. not the same thing at least at least they're pubescent i guess like i mean yeah. i'm looking for any i'm any port to storm here <laughs> help man. Oh, that's this is uh, why this is why I need so many content warnings because it's really it's really hard to tell these stories to the ether and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's without context it's just brutal and um mm. I mean on on the other hand I'm thinking as well you don't know who is listening mm. and yeah. you don't know what they're going to do with it without context right right no yeah. you're and, totally right yeah and, you know we're living in the age of Andrew. Yeah, well, yeah. true. Yeah, you don't you don't want to give people historic validation for being assholes. Yeah, <laughs> well, it, it's quite interesting, right? Because that is the thing where it's like this: this is here, you know, the, this thing that will happen. But everyone kind of agrees, like, kind of the humor that's happening here is like this priest is out of pocket, right? This this priest is like acting up and wild and out. It's kind of like part of it. Yeah, and but it it doesn't. This is kind of the trouble with comedy always, right? Is it's like, well, you can you can have a meaning for it as the person that's delivering the joke, but whether or not your audience is going to listen to that, that's another thing, right? Or they can always they can always take things in whatever context they're going to take it, right? And the older the humor, the more you need to work to recreate that context. Mm. Mm. Um because some things just do not translate culturally. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you you can try and crack that joke. You can try and tell that story, but they're eight hundred years old. You know, yeah. some of the social parameters have changed so much mm-hmm. that in many contemporary audiences, more than half of these stories will just make people cringe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like so, you have to tell them that this was a different world. So take that, take your contemporary hat off, put another hat on, and let's get medieval yeah exactly oh there it is there it is baby (laughs) like so i guess um i'm kind of like uh, have you heard the world's oldest joke this is one that i just want i'm I'm like googling it here to try to get it so it's like um the the world's oldest joke is about a dog walking into a bar i'm trying to get it up it's like mesopotamia we have it's on cuneiform mm, that is familiar yeah, yeah. and yeah, it's say it, say it. Uh, yeah sorry i'm trying to dig it up now this is really good work eleanor um so it is um sorry 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 i'm trying to get it here everything is coming up in these things i've heard it before but it's, it doesn't make any sense to us okay so it's like um a dog walks into a bar and says, I can't see a thing. I'll open this one. Yeah. Woo. Right? Got it. Good right? joke, everyone. Good time. And so there is, Good job. There yeah. is something in there, but we don't know. But we, yeah, so We're it's like. missing something. There's a link that's missing. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, it's kind of the setup that we have where you're like. Okay, you, all right, a dog walks into a bar and we're like, okay, okay I'm ready, okay. I'm ready, uh-huh. I can't mm-hmm. see a thing. I'll open this one. And you're like, what does that mean? And and no one really understands what it is yet. And, and it is from like 
1800 BC. So fair enough. Right. Like, you know, the cuneiform joke. But like my point is, I guess that my point is here is that humor isn't actually universal. Right. No. So it's not like I will sometimes laugh at medieval things. Yeah. Mm. Like I'll be like, okay, word. That's quite funny. So like when I, uh, you know, read Chaucer, I often laugh. You know, yeah. Um, it, it, at, at these these kind of things, like I think it's quite funny to like watch them try to get out of this scrape and things like. That. So there, there are certain <laughs> things that kind of are at least fairly universal because you know we are still within the same culture and context. But it's like you know whatever is going on over in Mesopotamia, I'm like, oh, no idea. I don't know what that means. I, I don't know. know what they had in their bars. You know, yeah. Like what is that? What is that? I don't know. I I find it. I do find it interesting the things that do carry over. Like in this, like you like have a dog walked into a bar joke. Like mm-hmm. nineteen hundred years. Like not only not only like not only is it like X walked into a bar, you know, three priests walking, you know, so yeah, walks into yeah. a bar. It's also an anthropomorphic doll animal doing yeah. something. Like these mm-hmm. things that go back and and like well, you're talking about the Fablio stuff. You're talking yeah. about, uh, you know, you're you're saying like, you know, you have to, it's divorced from context and blah, blah, blah. But when you say it to me, the thing that I hear is like, that, like these sound like stories, like you would kind of like jokingly tell or like, you know, kind of like body jokes you would make when you were in like mm-hmm. college, you know, like, oh, yeah. like, oh yeah, there was this guy, you know, and this happened, you know, it's kind of like an, ur- it, it's, I know it's not an urban myth or an urban legend, but it is kind of reminiscent of that. Cause you know, like you might not want to be, because your friend, if you were trying to tell like a funny story, you wouldn't want to be like, well, I did this. Cause your friends were like, no, you don't, we go to school with you, but you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, my cousin, my cousin told me about someone he knows that did. And you know, and it's just mm-hmm. like, you mm. you know and and so i mean i obviously get what you're saying with the context you need that but at the same time like when when we're talking about this like sumerian joke or these things from the middle ages i look at it and i'm like well wow i mean like like those like those stories and everything these are the same jokes that we make now they the same types of jokes that we make now mm-hmm. they obviously the context has changed broadly but you know like still you know kind of like a knock you know like a knock knock joke or whatever uh kind of thing yeah so that i mean that when when y'all talk about it that's kind of what i hear but you know oh yeah completely recognizable yes because essentially it plays in the same a lot of the material plays to the same stereotypes i mean we have cultural Mm -hmm. affinity we're not the same culture but you we're not exactly completely divorced from it Mm -hmm. so you understand a joke uh, that plays with gender dynamics. You understand a joke that plays on female sexuality that is rampant. Mm-hmm. You understand mm-hmm. someone who likes his food or his wine or money too much and will just go to extremes to to get what they want. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're, yeah. they're recognizable patterns. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're also misogynistic. Um, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And yeah. many other things that do not necessarily fit comfortably with what they do. They're, they're yeah, extremely yeah. violent sometimes as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so, all right, this is kind of bringing me up to, this is like a last question, but uh, I assume this might go for a while because like, what, what's some of your favorites? Do you have some favorite? Tell me your favorites. Faves, faves, faves. I have, faves. A, favorite. I have yeah. a favorite. Of course. Uh, and my favorite is also the first one I read which gave me that reaction that you were talking about, the, the reaction that Sam laughing, but what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is the squirrel. It's the Fabio of the squirrel. 
Okay. Um, I don't know if it's one of the most popular ones, uh, mm. but it is adequately upset. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I'm sensing that you want to hear it. Yeah, I tell do. me the yeah, tell me the squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. So I'm going to shorten it for the purposes of this podcast, not going right. to think extreme details, but essentially you have a young girl that uh, it's spring and you know everything is flowery and the bees are buzzing and this girl is also buzzing because she's 16 and things happen when you're 16. Mm-hmm. And so she's in the fields with her mom and her mom is giving her advice because now, you know, the daughter has turned 16, so she needs to know how to be in the world. So the mom says, well, you shouldn't speak out of turn. You shouldn't speak um, with words that are not appropriate. You shouldn't speak idly. You shouldn't speak if you can help it. Generally. Uh, just don't talk. <laughs> yes. I mean, tone yourself down as much as you can, but be very careful, especially do not use the word that describes the thing that men have between their legs. Okay. All what right. do they have, mama, between their legs as the yeah. girl? So, uh, well, I'm not telling you because we can't tell the word. What do you mean? Like, does my brother have it? Yes. And does my, does my daddy have it? Yes, he does. And what do they do with it, mom? Do they go fishing with it? Ah. <laughs> no, honey. No, no, honey. They don't go fishing with it. They do other things with it. Okay, but tell me the word. Mm-hmm. And so after significant persistence, the mother says the word. And the girl gets super excited and starts running in the field, screaming the word penis, 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 penis to the flowers. And <laughs> evidently gets overheard by a guy who is passing by mm-hmm. and sees a young girl running in the field shouting penis, 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 penis. And thinks, okay, I have one. So... Oh, so that this let, is an invitation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. let, let's see what we're going to do with this. So he walks up to the girl and he's asking her, what, what is it that you're talking about there? And she says, well, I'm saying penis because it's the thing that men have between their legs. And he says, well, no, I don't. I have a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, the girl is super excited. <laughs> and I touch it. Yes, of course you can touch it. Here you go. <laughs> And so the girl touches the squirrel and starts exclaiming, Oh, it's so fluffy. <laughs> it's so big and fluffy. Oh, and it has eggs. I didn't know squirrels lay eggs. And they're fuzzy too. Oh, it's so nice. Uh, but tell me, is it trained? Will it eat from my hand? <laughs> what would you feed the squirrel, honey? I would feed him nuts, but I don't have any nuts because I ate them all. So nuts, unfortunate. So the guy tells her, well, if you just ate the nuts, the squirrel can find them because you'll go through your cunt and, you know, mission accomplished. I said, yes, 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 let's feed the squirrel. So, so we eagle spread the girl in the fields and the squirrel goes digging and she starts encouraging the squirrel. And this is the most fascinating bit of the poem because in rhyme, she's encouraging the squirrel to go digging harder, deeper, faster mm-hmm. to find all the, find all the nuts and then she stops him because he ate too man- many nuts and he threw up ah <laughs> and they also broke the eggs everything's go for covered in egg white now oh my gosh that's so visceral <laughs> i love it okay 
I love medieval people. This is the story of the squirrel that I read as a master's student when I was trying to figure out whether I want to do a PhD in medieval humor and text and image. Oh. <laughs> what <laughs> is happening here? You never Delightful. had a chance. You never had a chance, Delightful. girl. Like, I need to know more about that stuff now. I mean, everything I, I like everything about this too because it's kind of like. It's playing on these ideas of like, oh, well, you know, women are silly, um, silly, but horny. So horny. Yeah. yeah like silly, but horny. Um, <laughs> and like credulous, just like, oh, yeah, we're, yeah, I guess so this is what we're going to do now. Like, uh, the thing is, he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. She doesn't exactly know what she's doing, but she knows she wants it because it's implied in all this that she doesn't know anything about sex, but she actually really, really wants this. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like she doesn't know what she wants, but she wants it. Yeah, but and she like, wants it. Yeah. 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 Ah. And, and that whole situation about the fuzzy eggs and how they broke and how the squiddle threw up, it's just beyond me. It's like that's <laughs> incredible. That's incredible. Right, because because that's like a twofer. Up. That's a twofer because it's like there's the squirrel throwing up and the eggs breaking. Mm -hmm. Everything's covered in egg whites. See, oh mm -hmm. my god, what have mm -hmm. we done? Mm. <laughs> now there'll be no more little squirrels at Christmas or whatever. I don't know. I don't know why I said at Christmas. <laughs> Evidently, the squirrel found the nuts, so everything's happy. Everyone's happy, I guess. Fine, fine. You know. Uh, oh my god. Ah, uh, wow. Look, I'm this glad. One broke you. I'm yeah. glad that the double entendre squirrel trying to get a nut goes way, way, way back. Truly, we're not so different. Jesus Christ. No, we're That's not. Great. That I mean, great. I was so traumatized by this, but that when I when I moved into the the house that I currently live in, I went and had a custom made um door knocker in the shape of a squirrel. Yes! And now whoever wants to come if whoever wants to come into my house has to bang the squiddle. Yeah. <laughs> and if you know, you know. There you go. Oh, man. See, like that one right there, you like that easy, easy medieval only fans right there. Like that is just <laughs> easy peasy. Like, yeah, that's a, just okay, a not Not 16 anymore. You know, we, we, we've we aged up everything because that's a bit too weird. Otherwise, up to, yeah, knock it. Other otherwise, yeah, you can just not like that's like, you know, just knock mm -hmm. that shit out. I oh understand. my gosh! I understand there's work involved in it, and it's much more complicated than that. I'm just saying. But I'm just saying that's it a script. Also, you know, it's it a script. traumatizes you so deeply, you have to yeah. let it out at some point. Yeah. Mm. Mm. the next thing you know, that the type of fab low got you ordering a squirrel door knocker. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. delightful. That is delightful. Love that. I love it. Mm. I can't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I don't have anything to follow up. I think that we're just going to have to leave it there because what are we supposed to do with this? <laughs> I don't know. That, I got to yeah, sit down and great. think about life. I'm, I'm sorry I did this to you guys. You do not need to apologize. I'm not kidding. That is literally delightful. I like. Whoa. Well, so there's more like, where this came from in my podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll that's it. Come out. on. Come on. Come on, girl. Give me your plug. Cleo, where yeah, can the good yes. people um, find you? Yeah. In all the good places for podcasts, I think. Uh, it's definitely on Spotify. I'm also putting it on YouTube, uh, oh, but yeah. just audio. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to do it weekly. Mm -hmm. I'm doing my best to do it weekly. So it's one story per week. Heard that. Um, it's it's um, 
it has a lot of content warnings if you don't know mm-hmm. what you're getting into. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's, I can't expect people to know. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course but not. It's called it's called the court jester. It has a logo of a court jester's hat that is not fancy at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it also has a Patreon page for those that want to help me get some sense of achievement from all this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I love it. Yes, subscribe to the court jester, people. Yeah, subscribe. Right. Give me, give me five stars if they have stars to give me. That's yeah. right. Rate it, review yeah. it, support it. That's, That's right. what we're here yeah. for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, Cleo, thank you so much for coming on the show. <laughs> this was truly wonderful. I had I have a lot of fun. Um, you know, seriously, just thank you, and we're glad to have you on. The stories are great. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as for our plugs, you know, normal stuff for me. Uh, you normal know, stuff Luke is for amazing. me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> just uh, yeah, check us out wherever. Uh, yeah, but uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Don't Bye. crush any squirrels out there. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. <laughs>